Hello guys, Sarah here and welcome to the Life is an Experiment podcast. It's a podcast where I help you declutter emotional baggage and reclaim your power and confidence in your lives. Hi guys, uh, today I would like to talk about a very important topic for many of us. Um, you know, the seven different signs in which, you know, the workplace you're in is actually toxic. Right, so the pandemic over the past year has resulted in many of us losing our jobs. And um, some of us will actually have had to stay on, um, you know, whether is it out of choice or is it because we have no choice, actually experiencing a different kind of hell as well, right? Because many people now are working more for less because of pay cuts, hiring freezes and retrenchment. Many people have been complaining, you know, of mental burnout or physical burnout as well because of an increase in workload and thus an increase in stress. Um, and, you know, the work from home arrangement was fantastic for a while, but many of us are also finding it very difficult to strike a balance between work and life, right? And in fact, you know, you might be working a whole lot more due to the, the new work from home policy if, you know, your organization or your managers actually expect you to be constantly, you know, turned on and switched on uh, when you're at home, right? And um, this is actually going to be a something that is very very um concerning to many of us um you know in terms of how our organizational practices will be changing in the new year um and unfortunately i feel that this might be a new norm and something that might be here to stay for a while so many of us will be struggling with you know stress and anxiety and mental you know um our health mental health being affected for quite a while Right. And also on my website and, you know, with some of my clients as well, you know, people have been talking about how, you know, they have completely been just so tired and burnt out from um, workplace stress. And a lot of the places that people work in actually happen to be very toxic for our physical and mental well-being. And um, it's something that I really want to explore in this podcast. Okay, so um, personally, I have been also experiencing... Um, a lot of burnout and a lot of a lot of stress. I've not been able to sleep or eat very well um, because of certain toxic, uh, you know, situations at work as well. Sometimes not. It's mostly not um, because of my team or because of my boss or anything like that. But it's because of external people. So it's because of clients, right? So I'll talk a little bit more about that um, in this podcast. So one of the first. Um, signs okay out of the seven that you might be actually um working you know in a toxic workplace is that you're experiencing constant work rage okay so if you look back at your behavior okay in the past couple of months are you constantly angry at work so maybe an email a small task you know something that someone says to you can actually set off your anger and annoyance and you just explode like that or you find yourself like always really irritated with someone okay and you're dragging out you know all the past incidents and misdeeds all over again um you know you could be experiencing what i call work rage right so it means being in a constant state of anger and irritation when it comes to anything work related so this actually signifies that there could be some deep-seated resentment and anger towards people or issues at work that are currently unresolved and still bubbling in the background, right? And carrying around your rage is not a very healthy way to live. It's a fast track to heart disease. 
Um, and an article in HBR, which is Harvard Business Review, has also found that you know repressed anger, or rather you know um, rage, <laughs> is actually you know it increases your risk of stroke, depression, anxiety, and so much more. So yeah, you're uh, taking walking time bomb for all sorts of diseases if you're holding in your anger at work. And if you're anything like me, um, you probably have been, you know, experiencing that for a very long time already. So if you find yourself always constantly irritated, frustrated, angry, or you are exasperated on the verge of tears, um, and you're always worked up into a lot of fury, uh, that is something that you have to sign that you are working in a toxic workplace is that you find yourself getting sick for no apparent reason, right? So if you're someone who is relatively healthy you know like you have the occasional cold and occasional flu and stuff like that but you find that you know recently work or this particular workplace that you have been in you know has caused you to actually you know become suddenly stricken with um, various ailments so like colds stomach aches chest pains back aches um, headaches or any other ailments that you've not experienced often before that is usually a sign that you are experiencing emotional and mental stress from work, right? So um, I once worked in a job which was characterized by very little planning, okay, little to no control over my tasks or, you know, my job role as things happened very suddenly and randomly. There were very short deadlines and a ton of things to do within those days. And I also had very unreasonable clients who probably only cared about their own KPIs and had very unreasonable subjective requests for a lot of the things that they asked um, from us. And um, I've not gotten migraines, okay, um, since I was a college student. So I used to I used to get migraines pretty often, probably because from the stress of studying in school. And I'm also very, very prone to migraines if... I do not sleep well or if the weather is really really hot but in that particular role that i was working in i had throbbing headaches and migraines every single time there was a project or a deadline coming up and that happened pretty often so it was almost every other week and if there was a very important um deadline or very important project that week um, i would experience migraines every single day Although I, you know, um, slept my usual hours, you know, I drank a sufficient amount of water. Um, yeah, so it was it was only in that job role that I had migraines. So that was actually a sign to me that I was pretty stressed out. And coupled by the fact that I wasn't sleeping very well. So every time there was a, you know, because of the nature of the work, we had to actually go out and do research field work. So whenever there was, you know, field work to do, I would actually feel very, very drained at the end of the day. Um, and sometimes my mind wouldn't be able to switch off. So, you know, when you're experiencing stress, your body does go into this thing called a fight or flight response, which you've, pro- you've probably heard of. And it also results in very high amounts of this stress hormone called cortisol being released into your body. And a little bit of stress for us is good stress but the thing is that bad stress or you know um, when your body releases high amounts of cortisol this will actually manifest over time into a myriad of physical ailments okay as your body actually tries to restore this chemical imbalance and 
taken over an entire lifetime and given how so many people actually work so hard um, in their jobs, um, this results, you know, in, in this cortisol, this like stress um, response um, being produced very, very often in the body and almost every single day of your life. Um, and it has very, very damaging long-term effects on our bodies. Okay, so cortisol has now been linked um, to cancer, heart problems, and um, many, many other long-term health issues in future. It actually affects your the way your, your body is actually responding, um, you know, and it actually affects your, your, your immunity. It lowers your immunity such that um, your body actually finds it harder to actually, you know, um, get past illnesses or to actually heal quickly when, you know, you're sick. So if you're experiencing a lot of stress at work and you're in a toxic workplace and you find yourself, you know, getting sick for no apparent reason, okay, usually it's a sign of something and it is actually good to look at whether um, your workplace is a cause of it, right? So the third sign is that, you know, you're experiencing burnout and Burnout is actually pretty um, relatively easy to spot, I would say, because you find yourself, you know, um, just feeling so overloaded. Every single day you are coming to work and you're dreading it and you end the day without even, you know, being able to finish whatever it is on your to-do list. The work is never ending. Once it's done, more things pile up. You are rushing from one thing to another. You um, are always, you know, having to take on more things. Um, and, and stuff actually comes to you without, um, without you having any control over it. Um, burnout is actually, yeah, it's characterized by, you know, it could be a, a, a range of things as well. So you might be falling sick, like in the previous point. Um, you might be feeling a lot of rage or, you know, you feel like crying sometimes. And um, you, you find yourself like, you know, you find it difficult to actually control your emotions. And it also affects the way you 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 lead your, your life in your day-to-day activities. So you might have, you know, less interest in um, your hobbies because you do not have the energy. Um, you you eat, you know, you don't eat well and, and things like that. So burnout is a very, very, um, it's a very common sign of a toxic workplace. Um, this also, you know, plays a little bit into how much each individual can actually take on because some people, you know, just have um, the ability, I wouldn't say ability, but they actually can tolerate very high amounts of workload and, you know, can, can keep working through the night, you know, into, you know, the, the early hours of the morning and still continue, you know, going on to work the next day and seem to have a lot of energy. I say seem to because we do not really know what they are actually feeling or experiencing. Okay, but it can look like from the outside that, you know, they are able to cope with things. And sometimes, you know, these actually makes us a little bit, you know, it makes us then, you know, start to, to do more than, than we should, you know, because of the comparisons that we make with people like that. But each of us has a limit. And once you keep overstepping your limit, your physical and your mental limits, your body actually breaks down. Okay, and, you know, like I mentioned in the previous point, you start to get sick. Um, you start to experience, you know, panic attacks, anxiety issues, um, things like that. So burnout is actually one of the very common signs of a toxic workplace, right? And 
Another sign that is linked to this is actually insomnia or ability or the disability to actually fall asleep properly or to actually keep to your regular hours of sleep. Um, in the job that I was actually telling you guys about, um, I do experience insomnia in the sense that um, I'm not able to fall asleep very well. And this is also compounded by the fact that I would keep ruminating and thinking of things and when I do that I can't fall asleep on time so my bed time gets um, pushed back you know and then I end up with lesser and lesser sleep each day and it affects my mood right because I'm always very grouchy and very moody and um, you know I, I'm not able to focus the next day as well so if you're having issues and trouble sleeping and um, some people experience you know nightmares or have recurring dreams about work. It usually is because you're experiencing high stress from your workplace. Um, yeah, and it's good to look into what is actually causing you this lack of sleep. So lack of sleep or insomnia is another sign. Okay, another sign that is actually um, to do with your habits, um, your day-to-day living habits is, you know, emotional, emotional or stress eating. So before I worked in that very, um, very toxic job, you know, with no control and stuff like that. Um, before I worked in that job, I, I don't really tend to eat very sweet things. I don't have a sweet tooth and I'm very particular about what I eat. Okay. I love eating, but I don't eat very particularly sweet stuff. So sugary drinks and um, sugars and desserts are not my thing. But when I came onto that role um, in that particular job, um, I was craving for sweet teas all the time. Um, I ate desserts, I ate cakes, I ate um, ice cream. You know, I was always craving for some something sweet, okay, which wasn't very, very normal for me. Um, and I was also eating, very often eating very heavy, very rich foods that are very unhealthy for me. So like, um, you know, cheesy sort of pastas, you know, that I tend to only, you know, limit myself to like a once a while kind of thing. But I would be eating very often. I would eat very heavy, um, I would say relatively unhealthy junk food like pizzas, you know, and um, eating it very, very often. And I would actually look forward to eating and drinking all these things. And once it was over, I did feel a little bit better, but only for a while. And because my stress was still, you know, I still felt stress, right? So um, that then had to be, you know, quelled by another round of emotional eating. So it was very, very interesting. But I ate a lot of really, really sugary, very unhealthy stuff when I was really stressed in that particular job. So, you know, if there have been any changes in the way you have been eating and drinking and the things that you have been craving for, that is usually a sign that there is some sort of stress in your in your life. And if a lot of this eating and drinking comes from work, like for me, I only craved um, these very, very sugary things during uh, work, working hours and after working hours. So like, like my dinner um, after work. But on weekends, I didn't have that sort of craving at all. So emotional eating or stress eating is our body's way of actually coping with the stress because we cannot manage our circumstances 
and um, you know the stress is prolonged, our body actually responds by trying to make us feel better. So um, we get attracted to to very unhealthy, sugary sort of uh, food, and um, it's interesting. But if you notice this in your life, do take note. And another sign that your um, workplace is a little bit toxic. Okay, um, this is a little bit. We are moving a little bit further away from our our bodies and and the physical and and you know uh physical ailments and the eating habits but i just like to talk a little bit about working culture okay so workplaces have all sorts of cultures and as much as you know a lot of organizational psychologists and a lot of hr you know uh, experts like to talk about you know, having a good culture in place and, you know, um, organizations need to be able to, you know, have a good value system and competencies and things like that. The reality is that a lot of cultures have um, issues. A lot of workplaces have issues and it's very, very difficult to have a, I would say, a um, 80 to 100% good working culture. There's always going to be an issue. So one of the one of the things that I've realized about a toxic work culture is a condoning culture. And what do I mean by that? So you would see that, you know, if you have a little bit of work experience, you see that, you know, in certain places, um, there seems to be this pattern of behavior where people who do not do their work, like the freeloaders or the people that are not really very competent but are somehow still still there, okay, by whatever reason they're still keeping their 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 job. Um, you will see that Nobody in the office actually, you know, attempts to actually tell them off or to, you know, get them to take responsibility, accountability, or, you know, explains the consequences of their actions. Basically, these people, um, they don't have any sort of punishment or any sort of negative consequences meted out to them, you know, for their behavior. So they continue, you know, doing what they're doing. You know, if I'm a freeloader and I'm in a, in a job right now, you know, I'm not doing my work properly. I'm not really helping out my teammates. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just pushing my, my job here and there to other people, but I'm not doing it. And my boss doesn't even tell me off. Why would you want to leave the job, right? You will still continue staying on because, I mean, I get to do what I want to do. I get to choose what I want to do. I get to do less work. And nobody says anything to me, right? So I did once work in a place like this with a very condoning work culture where the less competent people or the lazy freeloaders okay were kind of let off in a sense and their work was actually the work that they didn't want to do or they were shirking those responsibilities they were shirking were actually spread over or actually pushed over to the people that were more more competent or more capable or the people that were actually more responsible so these people then end up having to take on other people's work on top of theirs right and nobody said anything about it Okay, so it just went on like, you know, some people was taking, you know, working much less for their pay and a lot others were actually working a lot, um, working a lot for their pay. So it's like doing more for less, right? So I noticed that in organizations with condoning work culture, it usually becomes very toxic because um, the certain people in the team are actually not um, held to uh, accountability, accountability. They're not held responsible for their actions or their inactions and they're allowed to do as they like. So other people suffer, right? So that could be a source of stress as well. If you are the person who is um, taking on this other person's or this other, you know, um, lazy person's um, job. So that's one, okay? Um, another kind of culture is where um, it's more to do with 
the nature of your job. So maybe your job actually involves um, a lot of short-term deadlines and short-term projects and things that actually land on you suddenly. Um, I once worked in a role like that as well. So, you know, you, you would actually go to work, you know, it's a pleasant day, you think everything is good. And then you reach work and then, you know, suddenly there's this thing that lands onto you and you have to suddenly take responsibility for it. And the projects then, you know, um, last for a very, very short period of time, but it's very, very, very intense and very, very, very stressful. And it happens out of the blue. So when things happen out of the blue, it creates a very, very, um, it creates a lot of stress, okay, because you are constantly on vigilant mode, you know, um, trying to see, uh, you know, uh, trying to actually keep alert, you know, for things to happen, you know, unpredictably. But, you know, you can't really, really, um, really, really fully expect, you know, when something can actually come in. So when it does come in, you get quite a bit of a root shock. So this comes, um, this can, can actually create a lot of anxiety because you're constantly on the lookout for something to happen. And this, you know, you, you can't be relaxed, you know, in this sort of um, mode, right? So, you know, if, you're, if your work is actually characterized by very little control over, you know, how projects are actually brought on to you, um, there's very little planning, okay? And things happen very, very suddenly and have to be cleared out very, very suddenly as well. It creates a lot of stress, okay? So when I was in a job role like that, um, I didn't really work in that role very long because I don't really appreciate um, not being able to plan ahead. You know, I couldn't even take my leave ahead of time because um, there was always something that was about to happen and I didn't want to be beholden to my job like that. Um, so, you know, that's something to consider, whether you have any control over your work. Another thing that's more organizational related is, you know, the kinds of work that your company actually, you know, is uh, doing. So that could involve having very, very unpleasant clients to work with. So it could be clients that you work with or, you know, like I mentioned earlier, certain sorts of colleagues that you work with that are, you know, freeloaders. Um, or, you know, you have managers who don't actually manage the process very well. Okay, um, in, in, in my experiences, it's always been the clients that have been very, very nasty, um, very unpleasant very demanding, uh, you know, and, and just you just always have to be at the back and call. And while, while some people are actually suited for this kind of role, I knew that I wasn't, um, you know, just because I, I just don't like to deal with people who are unpleasant and who are unreasonable, right? I mean, yes, you can be a client. And yes, you know, we are in this business contract together, but it doesn't mean that, you know, because I'm providing a service and you're paying for it means that you get to treat me however you want. So it's an issue of a boundary. And if your company actually lets this sort of thing happen, okay, then it's something that is, you know, probably enabled and, uh, you know, um, okayed by the company, right? So it's something to consider when you actually, um, you know, when you're actually in, in the workplace, uh, whether your 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 company is actually the sort of company culture has a sort of company culture that you know encourages this sort of behavior from clients because you know they can very well reject you know that particular piece of business or you know someone more senior can actually step in and say that you know this is something that my team can't do but when you don't have you know 
you don't have like organizations or bosses that actually draw the lines, it can be very difficult for the employees and the, the, the subordinates to actually, um, you know, have a say in their work. And, we, and this causes a lot of stress, right? So we've talked about a couple of uh, things that I've noticed that, you know, brings about stress and which, you know, is a sign of uh, being in a toxic workplace. What can we do then to actually address the situation? So first things first, I feel that it's always very important to accept the situation for what it is, right? As much as we don't like it, and as much as we hate being in this sort of situation, the the best first step will be to accept that this is, you know, this is your workplace. This is what they do, right? Your unpleasant client is an unpleasant client, okay? The reason sometimes why we actually, you know, compound our stress is that, you know, we tell ourselves things like, oh, things should not be done this way, um, working life shouldn't be this way, you know, things like that. So we end up, you know, saying things or doing things to actually resist the situation. When you feel that something should not be a certain way, you push, you know, a lot against um, the situation. So instead of letting things actually happen naturally and happen as they are, we are always in fight mode, okay? So we are always trying to fight against reality and when you are constantly in this mode you'll feel stressed and angry and frustrated with everything okay it makes it very very difficult to have that peace of mind for work so that's the first thing so accept that the situation is what it is okay um there could be changes in the future but that is in the future right now you have an unpleasant client you don't have a great um working culture okay whatever it is about your working situation right now the first step would be to accept um accept it accept accept it and just let it be okay um the second thing is you know to actually consider finding ways to leave your organization right i know this is very difficult for a lot of people because of the times that we're in as well and there's a lot of economic difficulty but I always feel that it's best to price your mental health over um, work. And um, if you actually are unable to, to leave, um, it, it's good to actually make start making plans to do so, right? Because finding a job and then um, going for interviews and then choosing the right job takes some time, okay? And if you're in the place to actually leave, okay, if you, you do have the choice and you're not really in a, in a situation where finances are a difficulty, um, do start searching around, do start looking around, you know, talk to people, um, send out your resumes because um, the longer you wait, the, the, the longer it will take for you to actually get out of the organization, right? So just find ways to leave, that's the second one. And the third thing is that, um, you know, you do have to know your boundaries and be firm with them right i know this is very difficult to do in a in many workplaces actually because um exercising your boundaries is actually a privilege because not many of us you know who are just mere employees you know get to exercise our boundaries and say no to things that we don't want to do um we end up you know having to do things we don't want to do and you know we can't really you know reject people so um but you know as and when you can, not in big ways maybe, but in small ways, you know, just let people know upfront that, you know, hey, I don't, I don't work past a certain time because, you know, I, I need time for myself and my family. Um, you know, I have studies to do, whatever it is. 
um, and and you know stick to your stick to your boundaries. So one thing is about you know replying emails. I am in an organization where people send emails um, after work and on weekends as well, but I never never reply to them. And um, it just sets up a precedence. If you constantly reply after work hours, people expect you to actually keep doing that. And if ever in the future you stop doing it, you know, people will actually, you know, not be very happy about it. So do know what your boundaries are and how you want to, to, to draw them and also verbalize them to the people that are working with you. Okay, be firm with them and stick with them. Okay, so if you, you cannot make, you know, something at night, you know, you cannot make a, a late night meeting, just just say so. Okay, let's say it's not a great time. Um, can we do this in the morning? Okay, if you don't try it, you wouldn't know, right? Um, sometimes it's actually quite uh, amazing to actually see that people, you know, are just waiting for us to say something and, and, and they're actually waiting to agree with us, right? So just know your boundaries and then just, you know, be firm with them and stick to them, right? Um, and kind of like the last uh, solution is you do know, you do have to know when to throw in a towel, and um, you do have to go ahead and do it. So a lot of times, you know, many people and some of my clients that speak to me about, you know, um, all these worries about, you know, leaving their jobs and all that, they are fearful that the next job will be worse than this one. Um, honestly, you don't know, okay? And I, I cannot guarantee you that your next job will be much better than this one. But, you know, at least you are able to free yourself from the current situation and go on another journey. Okay, whether it be in another organization, another job, or whether it be, you know, you um, freelancing and doing your own thing at home, you know, at least it frees you from your current situation. And when I was experiencing all the stress and the mental, you know, health issues and, um, you know, not being able to sleep and the anxiety and all that from dealing with people at work, you know, no matter how much I felt that I was being appreciated or I was being, you know, paid for my services at the job, nothing could actually, you know, um, make up for the fact that I wasn't actually doing very well physically and I wasn't really in a very happy place as well. And once I left, although my next role was stressful in different ways, at least I left the situation and I gave myself a chance to free myself from that previous situation because I knew that I just couldn't go on being sick and being anxious, seeing certain names in my inbox every single morning. So I knew I had to throw in the towel. And when I did it, I did it very, very firmly without looking back. Okay, so when you decide to actually leave your company, um, do it without any regrets. And um, yeah, just make a firm decision and go through with it. A lot of people actually... Um, become very indecisive and you know we kind of doubt ourselves but don't you know once you've made the decision and you've gone through with it you know just see it through to the end okay it's it's on to another journey in life uh, or in your career for you right so um i've talked a lot about um you know some signs of a toxic workplace and some things in which you can do and that's about it for the episode uh of today's um podcast so yeah, remember to, you know, um, assess your current work situation. And if, you know, you're actually working in a toxic workplace, um, I encourage you to actually take some some time to actually think about what you want to do next and whether you want to leave uh, or not. Or, you know, if your situation doesn't allow you to, how you can set up some firm boundaries for yourself uh, in your workplace. 
okay get in touch okay i love to hear from you whether it be you know your your workplace situation or you know things in your life um i do love to hear from my listeners and my readers so do email me at abstractedcollective at gmail.com so that is abstract with an ed collective okay and if you do like the show do tell your friend and you know please rate and review on itunes or anywhere else you get your podcast as you can help others like you find it easily right Till next time, happy 2021. Okay, we're still in the early stages of uh, January. Um, Take care and see you next time.